Welcome to the podcast. Great to have you listening on today's podcast. Whatever day you're listening to this, Brian Gain, not the game plan, but a little lanyap because we talked to Brian about the acquisition of Demarius Thomas. The game plan this week didn't have that because we record that earlier in the week. So this is for you. And also Dave Logan, the voice of the Denver Broncos. He's been doing that for a while, so we'll get his thoughts on Thomas and on the game on Sunday. And Andre Ware as well. What are his thoughts on the big acquisition of the week and the Texans as they embark on the second half of the season? That's all coming up. And you know what else is coming up in your life, possibly, and should be? Freddy's Frozen Custard with 12 locations and three new locations opening soon in Full Shear, Kingwood, and Porter. The new food truck is custom designed to bring the steak, burgers, fries, and frozen custard you love right to your event. Freddy's Original Double Steak Burger is a real game changer as well. All right, let's get to it. Brian Gain, we talked to him here in studio on the big acquisition. Congratulations on the deal. Take us through a little bit of it, what you can share with us. How long did it take? How long was it in the making? Well, thank you for having me. Um, number one, during the, the your approach to the trade deadline, you're working the phones, contingency planning, uh, finding out who may be available at, at all positions, not just a wide receiver position. I think the circumstance for us was we played Thursday night and the injury that happened to Will Fuller, and Will will be greatly missed and, and very hard to replace. I don't even know if you can, um, especially with his skill set. Um, but when it came to our notice that uh, a certain degree of, of players were available, we, st- we continued to drill down and evaluate those players at all positions. Um, but when we lost Will, they put a focus on wide receiver. So over the weekend, uh, you know, we were studying players and seeing who was available. Bill and I will always say, what's the internal solution first? Mm-hmm. And then what's, what's there, is there an external solution? Well, in this case, there was an external solution, but it was about the player acquisition process, and, uh, and uh, you had to work out a deal. So Damaris Thomas was a, a player that we studied, we evaluated, we thought could help the team. Um, and in dealing with Denver, uh, try to work out fair compensation that made sense for both parties. Uh, we think he's going to be a very good scheme and system fit for us. He's six foot three, six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds, well accomplished player. He plays outside, he plays inside. That gives us flexibility to move him around. Smart guy, great teammate, and and just through sourcing the feedback that I've gotten from numerous people associated with Denver and who have been around Demarius in his career, they say that he is as equally a good person, good man, as much as he is a, a very good football player. Brian, one of the things that we've talked about, we talked about with OB, how important was the value of the locker room to anybody you would bring in, bringing in a guy from the outside and bringing him in and making sure that he ends up gelling with a locker room that seems to have gelled very, very well. The camaraderie is very strong. How important was that in this acquisition? Critically important because of our sensitivity to the types of players that we want to bring into our program. And one of the first things Coach O'Brien will always ask me when we sit down and we approach the conversation about player acquisition on guys that we're bringing into our building is, is he a good guy? You know, what kind of teammate is he? You know, we'll, we'll dive into here's his height, weight, speed, here's his scheme and system fit, first down, third down, fourth down. All right, but now tell me about the guy. Tell me about the individual. So all those boxes get checked with Demarius Thomas. How do you weigh in the age of the player? It's not like he's old, but he's not young either. He's been in the league since 2010. Yeah, player acquisition business, it's a projection business. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, you take all those things into account. Um, you, you delicately balance the, the, sh- the short term with the long term. 
And any veteran player that you're going to acquire, you have to have a conversation about the uh, the uh, the contract too, mm-hmm. in terms of your ability to take on uh, salary and contract. So all those boxes got checked for us. Um, but we think he's he's got plenty of gas left in the tank. Um, that he's got a lot of production ahead of him. We think he's going to benefit from the things that we're going to be doing in our offense, um, working in tandem with uh, with Hopkins. He's got a young rising quarterback who's going to uh, work to get him the football. We're running the ball fairly well uh, this past week. We did the past two games we have, so we've got good balance in the offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're excited about his promising potential here for the season. Brian, how difficult is it to to really kind of sift through the there's a stronger word, but the nonsense in some sense when you're dealing with other teams and you're looking to make a trade. And how tough is that process for you to say, man, are they really willing to do this? Are they going to do this? Are the asking prices too high? How tough is that to kind of wade through all of that to eventually get to a deal that you know makes sense for both sides? So we cast a wide net in terms of uh, player identification process, number one. Number two, uh, we'll evaluate all options. And then the third phase of that is what we'll try to do then is just prioritize and put players into ranking order based on who we might think would be available and then we start the plan to go from there but we're always contingency planning so if option one doesn't work out what's our contingency plan two contingency plan three i think number one you're you're leaning on uh relationships in the business people that you've worked with in the past that comes into mind when you're having conversations with teams uh, good dialogue and communication that that happens not overnight, but or, or I would say those conversations happened over a period of a few days, um, so that when you get to the conclusion point, that you feel like your preparation allows you to make the best decision, and we feel like we were well well prepared for the trade deadline, and we were able to execute a deal in timely fashion because of it. Yeah, we want to know about the things that didn't get done because those sound probably pretty interesting as well. Uh, is it safe to say Will Fuller is such a great weapon for this team and Deshaun Watson was talking about it's going to be great when he gets back next year and everything. Is it safe to say you can't call it better or worse, but it's just different with Demarius? I mean, he does add an extra element. You're getting a player that can still do so much for you. It's fair. That's fair. But you also just think about his productivity over his career. Yeah, and I don't think we've had a receiver in terms of body type here, uh, maybe since Andre Johnson, mm-hmm. as it relates to what Demarius looks like and what he physically brings to the table. Being borderline six foot four, a two hundred and twenty pound man, long arms, big frame. I shook his hand this morning and, and he swallowed mine mm-hmm. because of how big his hands are. So he's a naturally big man playing the wide receiver position, who's a tough cover. I just think it gives us a, a, a degree of balance in the offense, left side, right side, inside, outside. You've seen us move around Hop as well. Hop's played outside. He's played inside. And I think you can do the same things here with, with Demarius. So, yes, correct. I would I would agree. It's, it's a different skill set, a different type of player, but very different body type as well. All right, Brian, thanks a lot for the time. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Brian Gain on the big acquisition of the week. Hey, the Texans spend countless hours prepping for game day and that's why they rely on bose quiet comfort 35 headphones too to block out distractions and focus on what matters most the powerful noise canceling technology helps you do the same concentrate on your music your work or whatever you're passionate about with qc35 wireless headphones too. learn more at bose.com slash texans bose the exclusive sound of the houston texans well let's get to dave logan he does games a mile high, voice of the Denver Broncos. I visited with him about this weekend's game and about DT Demarius Thomas. Dave, first of all, great to talk with you once again. Tell me what kind of player the Texans getting in Demarius Thomas. 
Oh, I think they're getting a guy that still has uh, significant upside. I mean, he is uh, he's a talented big man that can run. He's a uh, he's a really good route runner. Um, I think you know the one thing Demarius probably would tell you is that um, there have been times when the ball's been on the ground a little bit, um, but he's he's got a lot left in the tank. I think it's uh, I think it's a good deal for the Texans, given the fact that Will Fuller obviously was hurt and out for the year, and it will give Houston uh, a body on the other side that has to be reckoned with from a defensive standpoint. And so it, I think it'll help DeAndre Hopkins. And I think, uh, I think also from a young quarterback, uh, from that perspective, Deshaun Watson is going to really like uh, what he finds in the big receiver. How strange is it going to be to call the game on Sunday and Demarius Thomas is in a Texans uniform just a few days after being traded, Dave? <laughs> it's a little bit weird, right? Uh, certainly for me. I mean, I've called every single one of his catches. Um, and I listen, I, I am um, a big, big fan of Demarius, not only as a player, but as a guy. He's, uh, he's a really terrific young, young person. Uh, he gets it. Um, you know, you can approach him off the field. He's community-minded. He's just, he's just really a good guy. I mean, he'll be a ring of famer here with the Broncos whenever he retires, and no question about that. He's a top-five guy in virtually every receiving category in Broncos history. But it is going to be a bit weird. I, I, you know, my hope is that he's going to receive a really good welcome back in sort of a weird way some five days later when he trots out onto the field here at Broncos Stadium at Mile High as a member of the Texans. But I, I think it will be strange, no question about that. And I'm sure it's going to be strange for him. Dave, what about Case Keenum? We're very familiar with him here. He's a Houston favorite, went to the University of Houston. Great year last year with Minnesota. How's it working out so far? I know you want to see better results, but what are you seeing out of Case through half a season? Yeah, I think Case, you know, has been a little bit like the entire team. He's been, he's been up and down. He's had some, he's had some good moments. Um, he's thrown an interception in every single game and three in the first. He's the only quarterback in the NFL to do that. But I, I like Case. I mean, he's uh, he's a ball player. He's a gritty, tough, competitive guy. That um, the Broncos have not been efficient in a couple of areas that they have to be in order to be a good offense. And part of that is Case, and part of it I think is is players, and part of it may be play selection. But they haven't been efficient in the red zone, or they haven't scored enough points. And that's something that they 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 uh, that plagued this team even last year. So. Um, I think Case right now would probably, in terms of a grade, if I had to give him a grade, would get a similar grade to the rest of the offense, and that would be a C plus. Dave Logan, voice of the Broncos, joining us on Texans Radio. What about the way the Broncos are able to run the football, leading the league in yards per carry? That phase of things looks pretty good. Yeah, they really have. That's That's been the single biggest improvement, I think, uh, Mark, from the Broncos' offensive perspective. Uh, they have had a terrific running game, and uh, and, and really, that, that, that's one of the things they intended to improve on coming into this season. They wanted to be a, uh, a run team, a play pass team, and they thought that was what would suit Case's skill set better than anything else. But they've had, they've had really good production from a couple of rookie backs, Royce Freeman, who was a second-round draft choice, and, and also Philip Lindsay, who wasn't drafted at all. Those two young guys have, have stepped in and played very, very well. Freeman uh, banged up, didn't play last week against Kansas City. Not exactly sure with the high ankle sprain what will happen uh, in the game Sunday. But uh, the running game, I think, has been as good as anything the Broncos' offense has shown. 
Well, we're all familiar with Emmanuel Sanders, but what about the other guys? With the trade of Demaryius Thomas, Elway was clear that he wanted to play the younger receiver. So what are we looking at there? Yeah, I think you're looking at Cortland Sutton to start with, um, who was, a, again, a second-round draft choice. And, and I, I said Freeman was the second. Freeman was actually a third. Sutton was the second. Uh, has tremendous upside. He's long. He's tall. He uh, can go up and get the ball. He's a 50-50 guy. He's a high-point catcher. And I think, you know, he the future's really bright for him. And I think they felt like that was one of the reasons they could make the move with Demarius is that they had a young guy that they really feel good about that could step in and get a lot of valuable experience. Um, Deshaun Hamilton's been hurt uh, a lot. He was a fourth-round pick at a Penn State. But they like him in the slot, good route runner, very quick into and out of his break. And then Tim Patrick, who uh, uh, is a first-year guy, built a little bit like Sutton. Not quite as thick, but a high point guy, six four, six five. He can he can run. He's made some big big catches for the Broncos. So I think I think in terms of looking at the future, and even with the future being this year, I think Denver feels like at the receiver spot they've got some good young talent. Dave Logan, voice of the Broncos, joining us on Texans Radio. Now I noticed they're giving up a lot on the ground, yet you do have great pass rushers. So what gives there up front with the ability to stop the run, Dave? Well, you know they um, they haven't been they 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 haven't been good uh, at stopping the run, and they haven't been good in red zone efficiency, and so that's that's been an issue. And it's tough to if you can't stop the run, <clears throat> excuse me, it's tough to pressure the quarterback. So it, it's you know it just seems like it's been hit and miss over the weeks. It's been it's been a problem area for the Broncos. They've had some injuries, no question about that. Um, but they just, I mean, the box has not played, I think, as well as they thought they would coming into the season. You know, it's been it, it's been a roller coaster of a season. They lost four games in a row, had a big win against Arizona, uh, acknowledging Arizona's not a very good team. They played the Chiefs twice uh, played and played them very close. They played the Rams uh, in Denver and played the Rams reasonably well. So you never really know what sort of team is going to show up from Sunday to Sunday. When they when they come to play and when things work out, it's a pretty good team. It's a team that can move the ball. It's a team that certainly from a yardage standpoint uh, has good numbers. But it's a team that in the red zone on both sides of the football has not played very well this year. Well, we'll see what's ha- we'll see what happens on Sunday, Dave. I want to thank you so much for joining us, and I look forward to visiting with you in the booth Sunday before the game. Great to talk to you, Mark. I'll see you on Sunday. All right, thanks a lot. All right, bud. There's some stuff with Dave Logan, the voice of the Denver Broncos. Now, my buddy Andre Ware, my weekly chat with him. Sometimes we put it on Vandermeer's view. Sometimes we don't. This week, we certainly do. Big news this week with DT. So, Dre, let's start off with the trade. What do you think of Demarius Thomas becoming a Houston Texan? Well, uh, I'm glad he's on our side now, no doubt about it. He's a you know big receiver, physical receiver that can certainly make plays down the field. What I what I like to him, liking to him or about him, is that you know he can catch it and break tackles because he's so physically imposing that uh, he's going to do that. So uh, it, it's another weapon opposite DeAndre Hopkins that. You know, teams with just the name itself will uh, will shy away from rolling coverage just to DeAndre's side and know that they have to deal with uh, with Demarius. Now, the thing with him is how fast can he get caught up on on the system? Because you're losing a guy that's been in the system for now three years, 
uh, as opposed to someone coming in and uh, trying to contribute right away in a very limited uh, capacity, so to speak. So uh, that that's really the number one question mark is how much of uh, the offense he can retain and then go out on Sunday and be effective against his former team. Yeah, I guess we won't know it until we see it, but what about that kind of crash course, Andre? Because I guess they could give him a package of plays or something, but there are certain things that only happen in the heat of battle, so that everyone's going to have to sort of help him along, right? Yeah, and, and, it, and it really depends. I think it'll be just a package this week uh, against the Broncos and not try to give him too much where there's a lot of different formations and such. They, they may uh, still use some of the younger guys to, to get – kind of complicated I would say offensively and give uh, the window dressing that you want to try to confuse a defense but when he's in there um, you know you can you can almost get away with telling him what to do in the huddle when he's in as well I don't think the Texans are going to go uh, tempo based on just being going through a couple of practices and things of that sort and really understanding it but when he's in the huddle essentially you could tell him what route to run or, you know, have a receiver tell him where to line up and, and what route to run and still get something out of him. So it, uh, it, it's, a, it, it's tough because from a terminology standpoint, um, trying to forget an offense that you've been a part of for a very, very long period of time, and then, you know, for nine years, and then digest another uh, in just a couple of days is, uh, you know, that's tough to do. And, and I don't expect the fans to – if you're expecting a lot out of Demarius this week, don't because that that's a tall order in a very short period of time. What about playing with Deshaun Watson though? The ability to scramble and extend plays—that's got to be an enjoyable thing for Demarius Thomas. Certainly, Case Keenum has some of that. He put up ungodly numbers with Peyton Manning, who's not that. So now having this kind of quarterback-wide receiver connection in Thomas's life has to be a lot of fun, and also for Watson to have that big target. Yeah, especially at this stage in his career where it makes all the difference to, you know, have a uh, a guy that you can you can really rely on, depend on uh, that every play is a live play, so I just got to keep myself live no matter what. And uh and for Deshaun, it's a big bodied receiver that presents a big target for him that has a lot of experience, that can break tackles and and can hit big plays because of uh, his ability to come out of tackle. So uh, I think it's a win-win for both. Uh, you know, you start looking around the free agency market and, and there aren't a whole lot of people giving away this caliber of uh, of receiver uh, at this point in the season. So I think the Texans, Deshaun, and the offense were lucky to get him uh, when Will Fuller uh, went down with that injury. Uh, they're lucky that, that uh, it, it, they were able to pay what they paid to get this caliber of player. What are you seeing in Case Keenum right now? Had the great year in Minnesota last year. This year, even in the TD to interception ratio, he's also got some fumble issues. But, again, not exactly the greatest supporting cast. What do you make of it so far? Well, it's not bad. You can just tell there's a uh, – I'm talking about the supporting cast. It's not that bad. It's just they're young. There's some youth there that they're trying to get to. And Cortland Sutton now going to step up and – and he'll be the starter opposite Emmanuel Sanders. And, and uh, Royce Freeman's a young back. Philip Lindsay is a young back. Even Devontae Booker, who's the most more experienced player in the backfields, only in his third year. So there's a lot of youth around Case, where in Minnesota there was 
you know, a lot of veteran players that uh, that he could just kind of step in and orchestrate things from from that position. So uh, when you look at it, you could tell there's a youth movement. I think the uh, there's three and four year guys on the offensive line with a left tackle being only in his second year, and I think the the most experienced player is is Veld here at right tackle at uh, at nine years in the league, and they got from got in, uh, got him involved in through a trade, so to speak, but. He, he's he's done what he does. He manages a game, he keeps them in games, and he completes a high percentage of passes. And that's what you you know you have to you want that from your quarterback. You don't want a guy that's going to go lose games for you. Case is going to keep you in games, and occasionally uh, he'll beat you. Well, Denver does give up some yards on the ground, Andre, and of course they have those great pass rushers, but you know what's coming here. Bill O'Brien's going to try to run the ball with Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue because they've been doing it well the last couple of games, and when you look at the numbers, that's got to be a huge part of the game plan this weekend. Yeah, it has to be. It's right in line with the last couple of weeks of playing Jacksonville and then Miami. The yardage given up is right around the same. It's over 100. It's somewhere around 130, 135 yards a game on the ground. So you get a new receiver in. Uh, you want to simplify things. Something that you've been doing very, very well as an offense has been running the football and taking care of it on top of that. So I would certainly expect the Texans to come in and run the football quite a bit. You know, you, you get pass rushers. The thing they want to do is get up the field. They're a little bit easier to block because they want to be aggressive. Uh, when, you, when you're able to run the football, especially early in a game, now all of a sudden it sort of negates the pass rush because you have to play the run. That's when play action kind of kicks in or you can just drop back and throw it because there's, the threat of the run is there. And, and that, I think, is the, the magical thing about the last five weeks in a row is that they've been able to run the football uh, collectively and it's opened up some other things uh, with with the offense so to speak. Well with so many young players on this team Andre it's hard to tell how good they really are you know there is an upside here I wrote this about the Texans at the midway point five and three the division being what it is at this moment this is as exciting an opportunity as maybe they've ever had now I know they were seven and one at the halfway point in 2012 we all remember how that ended but what do you think of this team moving forward what do they need to do what are your expectations uh, i think just continue to do what they're doing if they can continue to get uh upgraded offensive line play uh the remainder of the season based on the schedule that's in front of them uh, you know I, I don't know that i remember a year where the schedule just on paper i know you got to go out and play the games but just on paper uh with it being this manageable of a schedule, so to speak. And, and I'm talking in 17 years. I don't know that we've seen this, seen it like this. So uh, manage it that way. Stay consistent on offense. Don't turn the football over, especially giving up the you know short field and easy scores. And then the defense continue to play like it's played with Clowney if he's able to stay healthy and J.J. Watt, uh, the same things. Bernardrick McKinney, Zach Cunningham have played some outstanding football. And then you move to the secondary. I think Tyron Matthew has been outstanding. It's been a great offseason signing, along with Kareem Jackson, who just might be the MVP uh, in my mind uh, to this point in the season. So you're getting some uh, some pretty good football being played on that side. They'll be without Jonathan Joseph and against this team and big receivers. You're certainly going to miss him. Who knows? He might play. I don't know the health right now, but I would say it's 
It's not likely that he would come back this quickly. If it is, it'll be maybe in a limited role, but uh, he'll be missed. But the, the other guys, the way they've approached it is next man up, and uh, and they've done a heck of a job. So I would say more of the same uh, as they get through the schedule going you know, as you work towards the end of it and the end of the season. Well, we talked about this on Monday, how the biggest competition in the AFC South might be from a team that a lot of people left for dead, and that would be the Colts. And since it's Halloween week, I'm going to say that this is like a horror movie to me, that the Colts could possibly resurrect themselves, bring themselves back from the dead, and compete with the Texans for the division. But they appear to be doing it, and Andrew Luck is probably the biggest reason why. Yeah, Andrew Luck, he's he's healthy. The the Colts as a whole are getting healthier. You know, when we, we went to new, to Indianapolis, they had a ton of guys out and then they had a game against, I want to say new England where it seemed like the, you know, half the roster was on, was out that game and they're signing guys and you know, mixing and, and piecing a roster together to go play. And they competed and competed well. And now a lot of those guys are back and they're healthy. And T Y Hilton's a big part of their offense. Ebram's a, a big part of the offense. The tight ends, Jack Doyle, is starting to get himself going along with an, a healthier offensive line. They're two games back. That's it. And had Frank Wright chosen to take the tie, you don't look at it at that point in time and everybody's, you know, pounding their chest. You go for it and you, you take, you know, you, you, you know, you, you throw the dice and roll the dice and see what comes up and, they end up losing a game, but I guarantee you looking at the end of the season, he'll go back and take that tie because it puts him one game back of the Texans in the divisional lead at this point in the season. So as it gets later, that tie looks a whole lot more attractive than the loss does, and it puts a lot more pressure on you with the loss being on the record. But with all that being said, they're getting healthy. They're getting great uh, offensive play as well as their defense. They're getting stops and turnovers, and I think – before it's all said and done, we're going to hear from the Colts before we hear from Tennessee and Jacksonville. And that's just saying something, considering where things were a few weeks ago. Dre, what do you have going on on the college circuit this weekend? I got a late one Saturday night. Uh, Boise State playing host to BYU, who I got a chance to see last week. They've got a good young quarterback in Zach Wilson at BYU that a lot of people around the country, true freshmen that a lot of people around the country don't know him, but he is a sensational talent. Traveling to Boise and, and one of the best uh, to, to get it done at, at quarterback in the Mountain West for a long time is Brett Rippon. And, uh, and so it, it, it this sets up to be a pretty good uh, good game. The senior quarterback taking on a true freshman. And uh, these games between these two schools are always, always exciting. Wait, have you done a game with the Blue Field before? I have. I've done several, and I've done a bowl game there where my my board actually flew out the window, and I had to uh, <laughs> to uh, do the entire game without my board. But luckily, when you, when you handwrite, you remember it, and so it wasn't a problem. But I've been there several times. I was just sitting this afternoon trying to figure out where I was going to eat because I've, it's been a few years actually since I've been there. So I'll get that. I'll get that. Uh, get that taken care of, and, and it'll be a quick trip over to Denver after. Your board flying out the window. I mean, I, we can laugh about it now, I guess, but that must have been yeah, a moment. I, I thought somebody actually was playing a trick on me. And uh, all the way up until halftime, I was waiting on them to give it back because we had just had the conversation about being able to do a game without the board. And right. lo and behold, it flies out the window during a rehearsal. 
uh, it was, it's one of those things you live and learn, and it taught me a big lesson in this business. Wait, it, bring a rock. That's the lesson. <laughs> bring a rock <laughs> with you. All right, Dre. All right, we'll see you Sunday. Be safe. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you then. There's my buddy Andre Ware. And that's it for the Vandermeer's View podcast this week. Check out all the other podcasts, the Bill O'Brien Show, the Game Plan, Deep Slant, In the Lab, all of them right here or wherever fine podcasts are available. Have a great day, everyone, and go Texans.